Hi, and welcome to episode 57 of the LDS study session with me, Matt Roberts. And today I want to continue with the Come Follow Me study found in July 22nd to July 28th, Acts 16 to 21. The Lord had called us for to preach the gospel. And now I'm going to move on to the section called I Can Declare the Gospel in All Circumstances. Now, the study material uh, again suggests that you look through Acts 16 to 21 and look at the many instances where Paul and, and uh, his willingness to share his witness with everyone, no matter what circumstance he is in. Uh, he is a great example in this. He is very bold. He is very clear that every opportunity that he has to speak to people is an opportunity to testify of the Saviour Jesus Christ. Those that are not of his faith, and even those that are of his faith, who uh, in later chapters try and persuade him to not go to uh, Jerusalem, he testifies of them of the Spirit and how he has been prompted by the Spirit and how it is a witness to him that he needs to go. Um, so I think that he is so bold and fearless because he has obviously gone through the experience he went through in his conversion process, but not necessarily just because he saw the Saviour himself and, and the Saviour spoke to him, but because he had a conversion witness. He had a conversion experience where he fell, he fell down in humility and he was lifted up um, and then from that point forward, he, he, he shared that testimony with, it seems, whoever he could. And that will be another reason why he's been become so bold. Uh, I personally found on my mission that as I bore my testimony more to those around me, as I was more outgoing and sharing my, my feelings and thoughts and beliefs, that I was more able to do so with more people. It was kind of a, one of those things where you do it, if you do it more, then you become better at it. Uh, it becomes like a muscle. And your testimony will be easier to born as you bear it in the, in the bearing of it. Uh, but I wanted to focus this in this session uh, on the experience of Paul and Silas uh, in the prison. And uh, there's a, cu- a couple of things which I found quite interesting in this experience. After they've been, uh, they've been beaten and had stripes put upon them, uh, they are chained and fastened into this prison. Then we read at verse 25 of Acts 16, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. So we know that uh, not only are they in this prison, but they are praising God, and and everyone in the prison can hear them. And then in verse 26 and 27 it says, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposed, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. So, as I mentioned in yesterday's podcast, uh, this, this prison guard, uh, the keeper of the prison, decides that it would be better for him if he kills himself. Um, presumably, you know, his honour would have been lost if he had been found with the prisoners escaped. It was his job. And I, presumably at that time it would have been a death penalty and perhaps his family would have been uh, if he had family in danger as well in fact no we do know he has family because later on he takes them uh, to to his home uh, and oh actually having had having just looked that look further on in, into the chapter yes uh, I knew there was a reason why I thought he had family uh, because in verse 32 when he is converted this prison guard I mean a spoiler alert there although you probably will know this by now if you're listening to this podcast, uh, but um, he takes them to his home. He takes Paul and Silas to his home. Uh, and in verse 32, it says, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. So presumably there are people there who are his family. Um, he won't just have a load of 
people living in his house, but perhaps he will. Anyway, that's a presumption by me. I'm going to move on from that. Um, so he would he would have at least been killed um, with those prisoners gone. But this is what's interesting about this. We know that Paul and Silas stay because then it says in verse 28, but Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Um, now, if it was just Paul and Silas in the prison, then he wouldn't use the, uh, the, the pronoun we are all here or the words we are all here. Also, we know that in verse 25, the prisoners heard them. So it isn't just Paul and Silas in there. There are multiple prisoners in this prison. However, Paul cries with a loud voice saying, we are all here. And the man is obviously spared from a horrible fate because we don't read about it. Uh, and Paul states that they are all there. So yes, it is incredible that Paul and Silas, even though the prison doors spring open, all the, all, all the bands are loosened, um, they stay there and they decide to share the gospel with this prison guard. But what's even more miraculous is that the other prisoners stayed there as well. And I don't think we often re reflect on, upon this very much. Why did all the prisoners stay? Why did um, that happen? And I think, you know, we, we, don't, we don't have an answer, a real answer as to why that is, a, a, you know, a definitive answer. But it may, be, it may be to do with the fact that that phrase again in verse 25, and the prisoners heard them. Um, they heard Paul and Silas praising God and singing to God. And perhaps their hearts were changed as well. Perhaps they um, had this experience uh, that, uh, that, that the prison guard would have. Uh, to the point that they were willing to, to listen, and perhaps Paul and Silas encouraged them to stay, that they were willing to listen to these men, or follow their example at least, and stay in that prison, even though every bond, every door, every you know potential thing that's holding them bound has been released. And I, I know that there's uh, spiritual implications there with this. Uh, perhaps there is a, a link uh, with the spiritual um, a parallel of the, them being in chains and in bondage, and now they are released and free. Uh, it's just something to think about. But anyway, um, I do like how Paul and Silas, you know, when they are in this situation, they use it as an opportunity to share the gospel. They use it as an opportunity to sing the praises and then to uh, invite the man to change when once he comes to them and asks what he needs to do to be saved. Uh, and I think that we need to take a bit more, not boldness, but more courage in the fact that this is probably very similar with what we think today, that we, we think that not many people will be interested in the message that we have to share. And that may be true with some people. And in fact, it is true with a number of people. However, I think that we will be surprised with the number of people who would be willing to at least listen to what we have to share. Um, whilst there is a lot of apathy toward God and religion uh, in, the, in these days, uh, I do also think there is a lot of interest and... Um, intrigue in what people have to say in their beliefs these days uh, and so i'm sure that many people would be, would be willing to listen now uh, an early leader of the church elder henry w nesbitt who i know was called to the 70 and also served on the european mission presidency uh, had this to say which i thought was really interesting when we think about paul uh, and silas and their willingness to share and declare the gospel in all circumstances he says this, and this, is, of course, remember, would have been, was in the late 1800s. So, quote, It is almost an insult to a great many people now to tell them that, that they need salvation. 
but yet in the innermost recesses of every man's heart and every woman's soul, in the depths that no plummet hath sounded, not even the one that made by themselves, there rests the feeling that they need to be that they need be sorry for many of the things that they have done in life, and if not for those that they have done, at least for the thousand and one things that they have left undone, for there are sins of omission as fatal as as, as those of commission. Close quote. Now, what I find fascinating about this is the, is the phrase at the start. It is almost an insult to a great many people now to tell them that they need salvation. Now, we, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints today, often kind of paint this picture that we are in a time of great, as I mentioned, apathy. Not, I wouldn't say great sin, although there is, you know, there's a number of things around the world that are against the laws of God. But... Uh, a lot of apathy and a lot of disinterest in religion and in and in the saviour and in god in general however this quote at the start of, of elder nesbitt's um, comments suggests that there was also again a great disinterest in the gospel at that time as well and i think that whilst we are in the last days and there probably is a great um, drawing away from god and we see that in the statistics of people at church and things like that uh, and not just our church I'm talking about, I mean, in terms of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, those numbers are fairly stable. Um, but with religion in general, there is a, a moving away uh, from from God. And it is interesting to think that, yes, um, back then, even though those figures show that today, back then there was also a disinterest in God. But as Elder Nesbitt said, we would be surprised when we share this gospel message with others who we perhaps don't, how many would be interested to at least listen. Uh, this links to a scripture uh, which I uh, remember from the Doctrine and Covenants, found in Doctrine and Covenants chapter 45, verse 26, uh, where it says this, uh, quote, And in that day there shall be heard of wars and rumours of wars, and the whole earth shall be in commotion, so obviously related to the last days, and men's hearts shall fail them, and they shall say that Christ delayeth his coming until the end of the earth. And this phrase, men's heart shall fail them, has been quite a bit of uh, interest uh, to me uh, for a while. Um, obviously, you know, there are some people link this physically, you know, the physical hearts failing people. But also we, we obviously see a spiritual link here of uh, spiritual hearts. The people in these days are moving away from God, but there is a yearning in many people's hearts for something something to fill this thing that's missing in their hearts and their lives and i truly believe i really believe that i have found that uh, in the gospel of jesus christ my heart is full my heart is joyous there is nothing that i am worried or missing in my life i i know that you know that is what is helping me and if i didn't have that i would be missing something i would be you know wondering where am i going with this life why am i doing the things that i'm doing but I have that, that I guess, assurance that that, that is there. Uh, anyway, uh, that's what I wanted to share this day uh, on this study session. Hope you've enjoyed it and uh, have found it interesting. If there's anything that you'd like to share with me, please do so at Roberts 90 or anything else that you've been studying, whether it's linked to this or not. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, until we meet again.